Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What is happening, everybody? I'm Larry Roberts. And I'm Sarah Losey. And this is Branded, your comprehensive guide to creative branding. And on this episode of the podcast, we're going to be talking about six different ways that you can manage your imposter syndrome while building your brand. Imposter syndrome has been a problem for me my entire career, probably even earlier than that. And I know it's something that probably everyone goes through at at least one point in their life. Dude, I don't even want to say it's, it's followed me throughout my career. It's followed me throughout my life. Everything I do, I'm constantly looking at others who, in my mind, are doing it better. And uh, they may be, but in all honesty, who cares, right? We still have to be able to reconcile within ourselves that we are in the position to do whatever it is that we're doing. And that follows through in everything, whether we're playing sports, because I know imposter syndrome for me was hardcore in sports, whether it's in business, I never make as much as so-and-so, or whether it's with a podcast, you know, oh, we never get as many downloads as they do. What am I doing talking about X? Because I'm not an established mastermind or thought leader uh, in that particular space. So that imposter syndrome always creeps in and tries to you know, cut us off at the knees. It's the worst. I even started this whole journey of my recent career moves based on someone telling me that I was just a copywriter. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I was given the just handed imposter syndrome from the <laughs> beginning. And my whole career has almost been trying to change that. But the m- mental state never changes. I never stop feeling like an imposter. I'm just trying to prove to others that I'm not. Well, and I think that's number one. We talked about we're going to be talking six different ways to address or manage uh, imposter syndrome. And one of those is simply, uh, first and foremost, acknowledging those feelings knowing that we have those feelings and being able to recognize that. And I think even more so vocalize it for us to express the fact that we're not the only ones that face this imposter syndrome on an ongoing basis. I think just recognizing it and being able to put a name on those feelings that you're having, that can almost stop it in its tracks sometimes. And this is things that, I mean, I've been, been to therapy for anxiety and things like that. But even just if you are feeling away and you can say, okay, this is my anxiety talking, that helps you manage that anxiety. So I feel like it's very similar when you're feeling like, oh, I don't belong here. I shouldn't be talking about this. I'm not an expert. Who am I to say this? If you stop and say, okay, this isn't me talking. This is that imposter syndrome. It might not get those feelings to go away, but it gives you a little bit more of a push to move past them. 
Yeah, I think you nailed it. I don't think they ever really go away. Uh, you know, I think back four or five years ago when I wrote my one plus one equals podcast book, I was in no position to be writing a book or an instructional, especially on podcasting. I was only a few years into the game and really had no idea how the industry even worked when I wrote this book. But the coach that I hired, her name was Laura Peterson. She's amazing. Uh, she convinced me that if I just knew a little bit more about the subject matter than the person reading the book, then to them, I'm a thought leader. So I'm not being an imposter. I have a little more knowledge than they do, and I can share that knowledge. So when I looked at it from that perspective, I was like, you know what? You're right. I might not be the cat daddy at the time when it came to podcasting, but I knew something that maybe someone else didn't. So I shouldn't have felt like I was an imposter, uh, but I was I was more of a, I wouldn't even call me a coach or a consultant, but I was kind of just providing guidance. And I was in a position to do that because I had, I mean, shoot, I had four or five years of experience in the game. I think the definition of an expert is just somebody who knows more than the layperson. I think I took that from the penal system to be an expert witness. There has to be someone who just knows more than the average person, but you don't have to know everything to be considered an expert on something. You just have to know more than most people. I'm going to have to ask that you never use that word again because I'm not mature enough for that level of conversation. But okay. at, the <laughs> at the same time, I think you're, you're, you're on the right train of thought there that kind of leads us into the second point of managing your imposter syndrome, and that is acknowledging your accomplishments. So if you do look back and you go, okay, I've done this, this, and this, and they don't have to be massive accomplishments. They just have to be things that you've done. You know, what do you have experience in? What were the lessons that you learned while going through that experience? And can those lessons benefit someone else? So acknowledging those experiences and acknowledging those accomplishments is the second step in this episode, dealing with your imposter syndrome. This is something that I, I not only do this for myself, but I do this publicly in the situations where I feel like I have imposter syndrome. And that's why I focus so much on storytelling. Because if you're talking about something you're an expert in, but instead of leading with, this is the truth about this, and that's it. That's Someone can very easily disprove that. They can come at you with another perspective. They can come at you with all of these different arguments. But if instead you say, I've been doing this for X number of years, and I learned that this is the best way in my experience to do this, you can't argue with that. You, no, can't, you can't say, okay, no, that. you didn't do that in those last 10 years. Like you didn't get those results you just talked about. You can't argue it. Yeah, 100%. You can't argue with experience. You you can argue with outcome and maybe how you achieved that outcome, but you can't take away someone's own experiences. And your experience may be different than someone else's. Someone else may follow the exact same steps that you followed and maybe get a slightly different outcome due to a variety of reasons. I mean, we see that all the time with ChatGPT right now. You can ask ChatGPT the exact same question two different times, and you're going to get wildly different answers, most likely. But life is, is very similar in that regard. We can all go through the same perceived steps, but 
our interpretation of those steps may be slightly different, but you still can't take away from that experience. So when you're sitting there questioning yourself, when you're sitting there going, I am not worthy or I'm not someone to be talking about this or that or doing this or that or taking on this client, remember what you've done, what you've achieved and your experience and how that experience can override that imposter syndrome. Okay, so next up. This is one of my favorites, honestly. I've talked about this before. I've actually given talks about this particular topic. A good friend of mine, his name is David DiGiorgio, and he did a TEDx talk on this topic, and he actually owns the trademark, and he was gracious enough to allow me to use it uh, in regards to podcasting, and that is comparanoia, where we sit back and we look at those around us and we compare ourselves to either their accomplishments or how we look in comparison to them, what we've achieved in comparison to them, what we have not achieved in comparison to them. And we look at others from a variety of different perspectives. And regardless of whether that perspective is positive or negative, we're constantly comparing ourselves to what others are doing. And I got to tell you, I, that that for me personally eats me up more than anything else is me sitting here looking at others and going, oh, well, why are they? Or why didn't I? Or why would they pick them? Or why wouldn't they pick me? Those types of questions eat at me probably more so than anything. And that just builds on my imposter syndrome because, well, they didn't pick me. I must not be good enough. I must not really be the thought leader that I thought I was. We talked about this a few episodes back when we were talking about the mistakes that people make when they build their brand. And because, I mean, this comes up everywhere. And one of the things that people don't really think about when they're busy just comparing themselves with whoever's doing better than them or doing more than them. It's you're not comparing equal things. It's not apples to apples. So if you're comparing yourself, why are you laughing at me? Just that's one of my, I freaking hate that saying more than anything in my life. Hey, well, you're comparing apples to oranges, buddy. That's why it's not working out. You got Okay, but it's a valid saying. I'm, I'm not saying it's not valid. It's just one of those. You, it's you also ever, a great game. But wow, what is that? I don't even know what the game is. Oh, apples to apples. It's like the precursor to um, Cars Against Humanity. Oh, okay. I can see why you love it then. But yeah, it's just one of those things that just, you know, it, it's maybe I hate to use this word, but it's a trigger mechanism for me. When I hear that apple, you're comparing apples to oranges, but that that that, well, tr that triggers me. I won't pigeonhole you to that. <laughs> and if you're not familiar with being pigeonholed, check out some of our previous episodes. We talk about that in depth. Too in depth. May I continue? Oh, yeah. Sorry. I got off the rails. Thank you. Yeah, sorry. It makes me think back to Stacking Benjamins when I saw uh, Joe Selsihai, uh speak at a conference. And he was so excited when he got went from getting like 69 downloads an episode to 70. And these days he's getting hundreds of thousands and he does tours around the country. And he's one of like the most successful podcasters, at least I know of. And if I were to sit here and compare myself to Stacking Benjamins, like we're only a couple episodes in. So we can't compare to Stacking Benjamins or expect to be them or expect to be these super huge shows because we just started. But if we compare ourselves to what they were doing when they just started, it's going to look a lot more similar. 
Sure, sure. I mean, how many episodes are they in now? It's got to be hundreds. Oh, I'm sure hundreds. I think the one I was on was episode like 200 something. So and that was a year or two ago. See, and just asking that question, what am I doing? I'm comparing. Uh -huh. Oh, they got to have three or 400 episodes. That's why uh -huh. they're crushing it. You know, we're still in our single digits. That's why we're not doing as good. So it's that's it's it, it's it's almost an inherent trait for humans to compare themselves to other humans. But it's also very detrimental. Mm -hmm. And that's why wallowing in comparanoia can be very, very damaging to not just your journey in building your brand, but the potential to reach the end of your journey in building your brand. So try everything you can do, man, to avoid that comparanoia. But if you do have to compare yourself, at least put it in that frame set of they are years ahead and they were here one, at one point. Use them as that's where I want to get to, not that's where I should be right now. Just make sure you're comparing apples to apples. That's what yes. you're trying to say. <laughs> yes. All right, moving on. Number four. four. sponsored by card games. That'd be amazing, yes. Being sponsored by anyone would be pretty kick-ass, to be honest with you. But number four, uh, what do we have here? Reframe your failures as lessons. Instead of just wallowing in self-pity and going, oh, I failed again. Look at that and go, what is the lesson that I can take away from that failure? You know, what did we learn through these steps? Because in this game, I mean, I started podcasting in 2014. We're coming up on 10 years here shortly. And throughout that time, I've looked at a variety of missteps as failures. But at the same time, I can look back and go, oh, well, I, I misstepped there but look at the lesson that came out of that i learned to do this i learned that this was the way to approach that i learned how to talk to people uh more clearly i learned how to have better interviews i learned how to insert humor into a business podcast i i learned you name it all of these mistakes that i made they weren't necessarily mistakes they were simply opportunities to learn i feel like we learn so much more from failures than we learn from successes. 100%. Because all you learn from success is like, okay, that one thing worked. Yeah. But if but from failures, you learn all these different things that won't. So you don't have to try them again. So I always say like, if you're, you are going to fail at some point in your life. So fail big. Like I don't, I'm bored of the small little failures. If I'm going to fail, I'm gonna go all out. Like <laughs> I'm going to put everything into it. So that like, I want to fail with fireworks and like, I want it to be this massive thing so I can learn as much as possible. Cause just want like those little failures, like they have, they're going to happen. Yeah. But they're boring. It's those big, I know the big ones. Like, yeah, those are the ones that you really, really learn from. I mean, if you're really going to mess up, put yourself in the hospital, put yourself in rehab, do Seriously. something, do something story worthy. If you're yes. going to make a real, that's when you can start worrying about shit. But up until that point, they're just learning. And even that was a learning opportunity. Shit. For those of you that don't know, I was in rehab back in 2013. I went in for alcohol. That was a big, big, big mistake. And it could have ruined my freaking life. But I learned a lot. Was the while I was alcoholism in there. the mistake or the going to rehab the mistake? Um, I would have to say the alcoholism was okay, the mistake. I just wanted to going clear, to rehab clarify. gave me the clarity and allowed me to step away from it. And 
while again, it could have been very detrimental, could have been the end of everything in all honesty. Uh, but this goes into, if you're going to fail, fail big, I failed massively. I failed massively and was still able to look back and learn from it and move forward. Now it took years of recovery, years of understanding what the heck. And in all honesty, I mean, I still look back from time to time and I go, Oh, Okay, well, that's why I was doing that. Let's not go back down that freaking rabbit hole. That's a place of negativity. We don't need that in our lives. So regardless of, of your failures, regardless of your shortcomings, I promise somebody out there has made a bigger mistake, and I promise someone has gotten stronger from that bigger mistake, and you can do the same thing. I feel like you just got it all open. Now I have to do the same. Mine's not quite as um, I did not go to rehab um, but you missed out. I know, right? I, I should add it to my list. Uh, I've heard great things. Um, I dropped everything, packed my life up to move to Texas and within five months lost my job and was living here unemployed. Didn't, didn't know anybody, not my best moment, Yeah. but yeah. I cannot imagine my life different than it is right now. And if I did not move here, like what would my life be right now? If I kept that job, I would be miserable. What would my life be right now? Like there's so many things that that led to. And I'm just so grateful for that failure because it got me to Texas. It got me to where my life is right now and everything else has fallen into place. And it got you branded. Oh it gosh. got me branded. It made me <laughs> the favorite daughter. <laughs> But that's funny. I mean, seriously, if if I hadn't even gone into rehab, I wouldn't have found podcasting because I found podcasting about two to three months after I got home. I would have never even been in this game. And I mean, just look at the things that we've done in the short time that we've been together for what, not even a year yet, coming up on mm -hmm. a year and a, and a month or so. But over the last 10 years, all of these things that have taken place all came from that massive, massive mistake that I made in 2013 that put me here today. And the same thing for you. When you look back on the decision to move here, maybe all your ducks weren't quite in a row like you had hoped and planned, but you learned a lot from it. You grew from it. Now you have an amazing home, an amazing uh, small town outside of Austin. You got an amazing dog. You got amazing neighbors. Your life is amazing. And Shout out all to came. Harvey. And what up, Harv? But <laughs> a good so, boy. <laughs> all of that came from learning from a mistake. So don't just wallow in it. Uh, learn from your mistakes and build on it. That'll help you overcome that imposter syndrome. So how do we wrap this one up, Sarah? I thought we were going to wrap it by talking about the next two items on our we list. We have two more. Yes, we're at five. What's the number five? <laughs> I know. Number we do. I, I know. I'm keeping track. I don't oh, lose yeah. count. Of, of the top six, number five is to treat yourself the way that you would treat others. And I wanted this one on our list because I have experienced this so much firsthand just within yours and I relationship because there are things that I would say to myself during situations that I would never say to you. Or if I heard you saying it about yourself, I'd yell at you and tell you to stop. Because we are so supportive of the people that we care about. We're so supportive of our friends, of our business partners, of our employees, of our colleagues. But we're not supportive of ourselves. Yeah. And tough. I don't know why we do that. So there have been times that I've actually said, like, like I'm really down about something. I mess something up. I feel like 
I'm, I'm crap. I'm awful. Why am I doing this? And I can think like, okay, well, what would Larry tell me right now? And that can make me feel better. So if we just start reframing those voices in our head that are so negative to be voices of people that speak kindly to us, it can change so much. I don't even know what to say to that because I'm a little embarrassed right now after you say that. So I'm just going to let that one ride and say I appreciate you and I appreciate the impact that some of my words could possibly have on some of the outcomes of your decisions. So uh, that is very, very amazing. And I appreciate you saying that here on the podcast. Now I'm getting teary-eyed. No, I'm not getting teary-eyed for real. But <laughs> maybe on the inside, you know, I'm emotional. I'm an emotional guy, dude. I'm probably more emotional than any other dude out there. But anyways, number six, this is our last one. Uh, it is have a support group. And you kind of alluded to this just a minute ago because we're very supportive of our friends and our family and our employees and everybody that we work with, all of our teams, very, very supportive in that arena. But it's good sometimes to know that when we get to feeling like we're imposters or that we're not worthy to be doing what we're doing or we're not uh, in a position to stand out as an authority in our particular niche, it's good to know that you have somebody to turn to. And, you know, if, if you don't have a co-host like Sarah that you can turn to, or you don't have a, a partner at home that you can turn to, it's good to have people in your industry that you can turn to. Absolutely. I have my support group. There's so many layers of it. I have my family that if I have get super anxious after a meeting or I'm annoyed, like I can just call my dad and vent to my dad. I have you on the professional level on this side of my life. I have people at the office of my other like side company. I have my friends, but then I even have just have people from the industry like Danielle Lewis, who was on the show. She is such a huge supporter. She supports everything that I do. And I've never even met her in person. Like you could, there's so many places that you can find these people who will just support you and be just kind of be those little lifelines when you need it, when you're feeling really down about yourself and you think that you don't belong doing what it is you're doing, tell them you feel that way and they will just sit there and spit back all these reasons why that is wrong and why it is complete BS. So find yourself those people, like have your group, have your supporters and make sure that they know that they are appreciated and that you do feel that support from them right on well sarah you are appreciated i just want you to know thanks you're okay (laughs) oh thanks all right cool we're back on the same page i love it that was a interesting ride there for a minute or two but at least i'm i'm i said enough nice things this episode it's yeah i mean we're you know we're 22 minutes i got you that's it that's it for the day so in recapping the six ways that you can manage your imposter syndrome number one acknowledge your feelings number two sarah hit us Recognize your achievements. Number three, avoiding comparanoia. Number four, reframe your failures as lessons. Number five, this is Sarah's favorite. Treat yourself just like you would treat others. And last but not least, have a support group. Cool deal. And that's it, man. Those have been extremely helpful steps throughout my career, Uh, not just in my podcasting career, but in my corporate career and really just in life in general. 
Uh, and I think all six of those could be very, very valuable for you as well. So if you did find some value in this episode, do me a favor, smash that subscribe button so Sarah and I can continue to bring you this amazing content each and every week. So with that, thank you very much. And once again, I am Larry Roberts. I'm Sarah Lucy, and we'll talk to you next week. Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.